On this episode of Nurses Voices, we'll be speaking with a nursing student and a new nursing graduate, both from Ryerson University, Toronto. This is Nurses Voices. Nurses Voices is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and by the Canadian Nurses Association. Welcome to Nurses Voices. I'm Mary Wheeler. And I'm Gail Donner. In this, our final episode of season one, we're going to meet Rebecca and Zariel. There's been much in the media across Canada on the crisis in nursing. Many nurses leaving the profession, and on the other hand, many wanting to become a nurse, yet not enough spaces in the nursing programs. Rebecca and Zariel are at the very beginning of their nursing career journey. We're looking forward to hearing their stories, why they chose nursing as a career, why Ryerson, and what needs to happen in the workplace and the educational institution to retain them. Rebecca Gustafson. Rebecca is in her second year at Ryerson University pursuing a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. She told me on the phone she's passionate about providing safe and effective care to people in need. And our other guest on this episode is Zariel Della Cruz. Zariel is a registered nurse and has her Bachelor of Science of Nursing. Zariel is a recent graduate of Ryerson University, and she's been working as a registered nurse since July of this year at the University Health Network. So welcome to both of you. So I'd be interested um, if we start with you, Rebecca. Why did you choose nursing? I didn't really know what I wanted to do from a young age. I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. I was really interested in biology. That was my favorite science subject. And I really wanted to make a good impact on the world. By using those three things, nursing, that sounds pretty good. So I researched it more and it really aligned with what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. My grandmother is also a nurse, so that was really helpful to me. And also my friend decided to go into nursing and she sounded like she was having a wonderful time. So I was like, okay, I yeah. That. yeah, I think that's the path for me. So that's why I chose nursing. So your year two, was that, was this still the good, the good decision? Yes. Yes, I think so. I'm really happy um, that I chose nursing because so far it's everything that I've hoped and more. Both. Fantastic. You started in COVID to, in your nursing program, but Zariel, you started before COVID and then had to transition in, in, as you were in the program, cause you just graduated in July. Can you talk to us a bit about what that was like? Oh, my, I guess my education was just a, quite a bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually during my first year, it was the collaborative program. So Technically, some of my classes were on the college site, and that was the year they had the college strikes. <laughs> so I already had virtual classes that year, even though I was still a Ryerson student. And so when the pandemic hit towards my fourth year, third year, it almost was like deja vu, like the strike all over again. But this time, everyone was was studying from home. We actually had placements in third year when when my classes were cut short. So this was last year. So the second semester of my third year, fortunately, I was able to finish up my hours from other placements. But then when fourth year hit, which is the year where we're working full time at our placements and more of the practical hands-on learning, it was really difficult. 
all everything that we learned in school, this advocating, this um, all these politics that you learn about that affect your nursing care really came alive. Um, it just so happens that I was involved in student association. And so I got to see a lot of the the red tape and all the, you know, all the little nuances that nursing students are not sometimes aware of behind the scenes. So for example, um, a lot of nursing schools decided to cancel placements for students mm -hmm. um, in September of last year, uh, which is understandable considering how we didn't know anything about COVID and how that would transmit and to protect the safety of nursing students. And then it got to a point during the second wave where they realized with all the cases rising, it would not be feasible to not allow nursing students to take care of COVID patients because then there would be no placements available. And so uh, just by nature of that role that I had, I was in conversations with nursing students from other schools and actually the Ontario Nurses Association on, for all this advocating that we had to do because we were challenged to have placements for students in their most important year, fourth year, but then also balancing the fact that there were restrictions imposed based on and it was inconsistent, which is, you know, the struggle that everyone had. Mm -hmm. Every placement site was different. Some would allow students to take care of COVID patients, some wouldn't. You know, we got into conversations about how these externships didn't quite meet nursing school um, standards, which is why it wasn't considered a placement. And so now you get into this discussion of you have nursing students who need this need, this educational need. They need to learn. They need mm -hmm. to be, they need to learn all these skills you don't have the placements that are consistent because of staff shortages. You don't have enough nursing preceptors because of all the burnout that happened. And then you have this other added balance where, you know, your professors are in the middle of it because they're trying to advocate for you to have placements. But then there's also a need in these hospitals. And so nursing students are like, are they the need right. to fill in the staffing need? But then they don't quite meet the educational requirements that you need to graduate. And so it's more like you have to be grateful for what you have at that point. And so I think that's how that's how I coped. I can't speak for everyone, but that's how a few of uh, my colleagues coped as well. It's more of be grateful for what we can get. It was really difficult to consolidate that. And sometimes I'd, I'd be on one side where I would understand where students are coming from, like myself. And then on the other side, I could truly empathize with the professors and the um and the faculty who are who are making these negotiations with hospital sites because I, I honestly didn't know um, where to stand. And so that's how that affected my education, where you really had to get involved and be aware of the current events because you needed to know the rationales for the decisions uh, that were being made higher up regarded to, regarding our education. If I listen, a lot of politics, which... Actually, there probably yeah. are even without uh, mm -hmm. COVID. But good for you for trying to get engaged. How did all of what you describe affect what you decided to do when you graduate and what your experience is now as a relatively new graduate? Definitely colored my experiences. So I was already working at the University Health Network as a student. When COVID hit last summer, they were offering, I remember nursing students, 20 plus dollars to work PSW positions because a lot of units were short staffed. And mm -hmm. a lot of my friends were working the job that I was doing at that time left, actually, because they were higher positions. And it was a matter of me deciding, do I want to stay with the organization I'm with because I value this organization or am I going to choose the money 
And so I stuck it through, even though a lot of my colleagues left our position and um, there were a few of us that really toughed it out. And I guess it speaks to the resilience um, that is really needed both as a nurse and in general in order to stay with the nursing resource team. Because even now, um, shortly, a few months after orientation, already half of my batch has um, either transferred to a unit that they found or um, has moved on elsewhere. I learned that I wanted to to continue that. I wanted to really challenge myself. I'm not going to lie. There's been tears shed and it's been quite difficult, but I knew that if I could come out of this, especially with everything that we had to deal with politics-wise um, on top of the stress of school, I knew that I could come out as a stronger nurse and more importantly, as a stronger person. And so that's why I stuck it out with the nursing resource team. I knew it would be difficult. I knew that because that's that's what the nursing resource team is. We staff uni units that are short staffed. And so mm -hmm. we don't know where we're going to be. And just by nature of the pandemic, literally all the units are short staffed. Mm -hmm. And so the patient ratios are actually much higher than they were even prior to the pandemic. I'm wondering, Rebecca, as Zariel is describing her situation, what is your world like? Coming into the nursing program, first year, we didn't have a lot of opportunity. Our clinical experience was all online, which made it really difficult because I didn't feel like I was becoming a nurse. I felt mm -hmm. almost like a fraud. I was learning the material, but I just had no place to practice it. So right. I felt like I didn't know it at all. And then coming into second year, this year has definitely been easier for me, both mentally and physically, because COVID is not gone, but everything is starting to become just a little bit easier. I do have in-person clinical this year, which is really, really helpful because I actually get a chance to practice my nursing skills and I've actually got to see what it's like in the hospital. So now I know that for sure. I do want to go into nursing. You've learned more probably than you even realize, and but you had no place to test it out to see whether you could really do it other than think it. So now you have the opportunity to get it all put together. I was just wondering, Zariel, do you have anything as you listen to Rebecca that you'd like to tell her? I hope that the clinical situation has gotten better. I know that after my year, we were kind of the guinea pigs. Um, they were trialing treatments based on, so for example, they took they took nursing students in my year to, to new placements that they hadn't tried before. For example, COVID vaccine clinics and ICUs. But I'm wondering, Rebecca, did you guys, were you guys given um, options to choose and list your preference for placements for second year? Um, no, uh, we were just told, um, it was sort of last minute, actually. <laughs> I remember, I think it was the week before school, I hadn't gotten a placement yet. So I was panicking. I was like, oh no, did I not meet the criteria? Was my criteria too late? But the week before school started, they said, oh, you got a clinical placement. And I was yeah. over the moon, but I didn't get cues. But I was honestly just thankful to have clinical links. For me, I know some students are doing all 12 weeks of the fall semester, but I'm only doing six weeks. Um, and then I'm doing clinical online. But what do you do online clinically? 
Well, from last year, uh, we were basically given patients. So we were given a cardex and we had to create care plans for them. And then we would discuss it together as a group. And so after a few of them, it kind of got a little repetitive. And since we were first year nursing students, there wasn't very much we could do. Maybe Zaliel, can you talk for a minute about what has all this taught you about who and what you want to be and do? I was one of the students who was assigned to the ICUs, and that was one of the areas where they had a lot of patients in low-income neighborhoods. And so all my patients at that time for my final consolidation placement were COVID patients. And so really getting to see the thick of this as a nursing student and so I know that after a year of floating around in med surge, um, they do offer you the opportunity to be trained as an ICU nurse. And actually, just but just by chance that I was lucky enough to have that placement, I realized I wanted to be in the ICU. And more importantly, I wanted to teach and continue that advocacy role. Hopefully with the experience, mm-hmm. um, not quite yet, but there's still so yeah. much that I want to get hands into and at least feel competent with skills wise, at least on all the floors. I hope that with everything that I've learned and all this advocacy and little nuances that I've picked up throughout as a student and even now as a nurse, as I try to go through this, I hope that I can perhaps teach and maybe work in more more of a focused area. So I don't think that I will be floating forever. It's kind of difficult. It's kind of challenging (laughs) to not know where you're going to be working but perhaps specialize in, in mm-hmm. a critical care area. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that surgical ICU that I was at, even though it was challenging taking care of COVID patients. And what about you, Rebecca? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, my goal is to get through these four years first. Yeah, so that's a good reasonable goal. That's a good, that's good. After, I really don't know what I want to do yet. I haven't had my mindset on anything because honestly, I haven't practiced it yet. I've only been in um, neuro right now. Uh, I've heard about an OR nurse. That actually sounds really intriguing to me. I have not researched it yet. Um, I've also heard about a float nurse just so I can see um, what it's like on different units. Now you but have no, that reality. Now you know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. You have. Yeah. You want we not? <laughs> We're hiding. <laughs> We're facing a really serious shortage of nurses globally, not just here in Canada or in Ontario. And there's also, uh, you know, there's so much anyone can choose from now- nowadays. And uh, what would you tell somebody if they came to you and said, I'm thinking of being a nurse? Well, personally, I tell them just how much fun I'm having right now. It's There's so many different things you can go into. Like you can become an educator. You can work actually in hospitals. You can be a nurse researcher. You can work with technology. There's so many different things. Sariel? No, that's Rebecca pretty much stole the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I didn't go to nursing knowing that there were all those options. I went into nursing with that that heart, that passion for caring, um, not knowing as well, like Rebecca, not knowing what I wanted to do, but knowing that I wanted uh, to be there for people who needed me. And then when I got into nursing, that's when I realized, wow, there are so many doors 
that I did not know. There is so much to respect about this profession mm -hmm. that people in my life did not know about that I learned as I went through school. And I'm sure Rebecca's um, already knows now. So I would tell anyone that I would say, you want to be a nurse? Well, it's not what you see in movies. It's not the hospital. It's nurses are, are educators. Nurses are our are, are teachers. Nurses are researchers. Nurses uh, work in community care. Nurses run almost all the healthcare facilities that you could possibly imagine. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they run clinics. There are nurse practitioners. The education and the, the possibilities are endless. And that's what's the most exciting thing about this is, is you are not confined to one practice and you could literally do anything. And the reward, Rebecca, even as a graduate, it doesn't it doesn't end there. Like as a student, it was rewarding learning. Even as a nurse now, it's hard. <laughs> Sometimes it's it's very much depleting, like energy wise, because you have to give of yourself so much. But that reward, that feeling of of giving back and being and knowing that you are making a difference, I, so far for me, it has not gone away. And so that's why I have no regrets about this. And that's what I would tell not just other people, but even my younger self. When Back when I was in 12th grade, unsure about what I wanted to do, I'd give myself this pep talk and say, Zariel, nurses do so much that I don't know about. So I have to open your You have to really open your eyes to see that. As Gail alluded to, we are in a recruitment and retention around nurses. Zariel, you're sitting in a hospital. Rebecca, you're in an educational institution. What, Zariel, do workplaces need to do? Maybe one thing so far. I mean, you're just new in your career, but is there one thing that you could say, this is what a workplace needs to do to retain people like me? Definitely the most important thing um, that I've learned floating around, and especially on the units where I've noticed there is a higher retention rate of senior nurses and staff where they are less understaffed, I've noticed that the difference is really the management and the support that the nurses feel they have. Um, I'm sure it's consistent regardless of where you at education-wise and staff-wise, but it's never going to change. The patients are only going to get more acute, more difficult. Um, the types of scenarios that you face are always going to change. That remains the variable, but what can remain consistent is the management and the support nurses feel. So no matter how busy it is on the floor, what I found on these units and the units where I see that NRT nurses like myself are actually choosing to stay on is are the managers. The managers, they say, make all the difference. I didn't notice this as a student because it didn't really impact me. But now as a new nurse, when I, when I see on my schedule that I'm floating to one specific unit, all I can remember is, are the staff helpful? Did they help me when I needed the help that I needed, especially as a new graduate nurse? Regardless of how busy it is, I can get the worst assignment ever. Did a nurse on my shift ask me, do, do, did I need help? And that's what I remember. That's what I remember. And these are the floors that I want to float to. These are the floors where I don't mind getting a difficult assignment on. Or when I did, for example, this week and I got a difficult assignment and, you know, I didn't come out crying because all four nurses on the floor stepped in and took care of one of my patients, did one little thing. Could have been the smallest thing. Someone gave Lasix to one of my patients. Um, but that really, you know, that really helped me. Um, and it's not even what they do. It's what they say, what they ask. One nurse, one of the in-charge nurses at that time said, did you take your break? I insist that you take a break, you know? Um, I can cover for you for just a few minutes. I think that you should take a break. So it's not the patients, it's do they look out for their staff? 
Um, when there's patients who are very difficult, who, you know, will file lawsuits or will have complaints about their care, because you're always going to get those kinds of patients who are very particular. Um, I notice that there are managers who advocate for their nurses and protect their nurses um, to the best of their ability. If there's evidence, there's so much you can do, but at least they talk to their staff and say, listen, I am a manager and I'm doing my best to protect you and your license. Um, and I want to look out for you. And so this is what I think should be done. So more than anything, really, it's the management. You know what, Zariel, that's reinforced if you've been listening to any of the episodes of Nurses' Voices. When we ask nurses what makes the difference, it's exactly what you said. It's the team and it's the manager uh, makes or breaks uh, my experience. So, so I'd be just curious, when you go to those units, do you let them know um, how they make a difference for you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I actually reinforce that. I say, you know, as a new graduate, this is the most helpful floor I have ever floated to. I've actually bought the nurse's cookie because, you know, I I just would not have been able to get through my shift without that help. And I reinforce that and I say, I wish all the units were like this or something like that. So, Rebecca, what what would be your advice? I'm in a role, a a leadership role in, in your school of nursing. What do I need to know from you? Well, the main thing I'd say is definitely around mental health because being a nursing student, it's very stressful, especially during COVID. Last year, I was mainly alone in my dorm room. I didn't have anybody to room with. So I was basically isolated all day and just the amount of work sometimes can be very overwhelming. My faculty is really good, but just, I'd say just pushing the mental health, like even at the beginning of classes, having little meditation periods, just the professors reassuring us that everything will be okay. And then the faculty just having nursing discussions where we can all talk about our struggles or something like bi-weekly. It's very difficult sometimes. Gail, did you have any uh, questions before we close? No, I don't have any questions. I'll, I'll just take the opportunity to wish you both just every success. So I want to thank you both for um, coming on to this, our final episode of Nurses Voices. And it was just so wonderful to meet both of you and hear your stories. So, well, Gail, it is the final episode. And I think we chose two really good guests to bring a bring closure to this season of Nurses' Voices, especially on the topic of education. What were the couple of things that stood out for you? The first thing that I think is important for all of us to hear is a theme that has been throughout our whole uh, season. And by the way, for our listeners and watchers, this is the last one, but not forever, just for now of this season, we will be coming back. But I think it's the importance of leadership. In this instance, they talked about the manager, but sometimes it's not the manager, but leadership and support. And I think it doesn't matter. So uh, this evening, I mean, we talked about mental health and they talked about support and the team caring for each other. And how many times have we heard that in the dozen mm-hmm. episodes? Yeah, probably. So that to me is important. And I, I think 
as a profession, we need to pay more attention to how are we supporting each other and how are we going to retain the next generation? And they were telling us what they need. Yeah. What came to mind for me was our previous work in career development and that career continuum. They were really on the start of their journey into nursing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Rebecca was a great example of how she made choices to move into the learning phase of the career continuum. I've got some ideas. I'm looking up my skills. Um, here, here's a match. And then Zariel, I thought, was a lovely example of that entry phase where she's still not sure and made a conscious decision to go onto the resource team to try different things. And that's what we've always said, that uh, nurses need to try different roles within an organization before they they settle in. And so that was what stood out for me, because I would agree with you what they were telling us and the profession what needs to happen. And it isn't. Uh, there are a couple of things that need to happen that might make a difference. But this is also, for me, we're great examples of, because we've talked to a lot of nurses all the way along the continuum, but these were two nurses right at the beginning. Their enthusiasm, their passion for nursing, um, and even with the ups and downs, they're still in, in the game. So um, I think it was a really nice way to end this season one. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Nurses Voices. This is our last episode in season one. We're very excited to tell you that Nurses Voices has been renewed for a second season and will be launching season two in the new year. You can view and listen to past episodes of Nurses Voices on a variety of platforms, including YouTube and Apple Podcasts. I'd really encourage you to take a look and meet the 24 nurses who are our guests. And remember, if you want to give us some feedback, please connect with us through nursesvoices.ca and remember to sign up for our e-newsletter. Gail and I look forward to seeing you in 2022. Nurses Voices is created by Donner Wheeler. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association. Nurses Voices is produced by Sector Limited. Mm -hmm.